we are Emily and Jen, and welcome to Let's Talk Records. We are two best friends, exchanging albums and comparing notes. We explore the themes, lyrics, rhythms, and visuals of our favorite musicians. Past lives and heartthrob. Mm-hmm. Um, we did a really good job matching these albums. <laughs> I agree. We really it did. It was a funny match. But yeah. you, didn't, you didn't think so at first, though. You were like, didn't you say that you were like worried about it at first? No, not this one. And I knew I was going to pick past lives before we went into the last episode. See, I so, have such a hard time thinking. I don't know what I'm going to pick like until probably two or three days before we talk. It takes me a minute to like narrow down and like actually commit to one because I have like 10 we could talk about. Yeah. Um, and then like another 10. But I knew. But like you had said heartthrob first mm-hmm. so this was a good match but it wasn't me at that point being like mm, heartthrob and like being like okay this one will be a good match like I had already decided so it just made me laugh that like apparently we were on the synth wavelength this mm-hmm. week mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and like the poppier up yes vibe so and female vocals mm-hmm. yeah Oh, so cool. Well, I'm excited to talk about it. I, I have been dying to ask you though. So I've never heard, I've never heard of Against the Current before. And I want to know like how you came about finding them. So I was thinking about that and I actually can't quite pin it. I can pin the time. It was definitely around summer of 2015, I believe, uh, maybe okay. fall of 2015. I think they were touring with some other bands that I liked. Um, I didn't go to those tours, but I had like friends that were going. Um, So I started to hear Against the Current like pop up more and more. And I was kind of like, oh, who are they? And then when I saw a picture of them, I was like, oh, hmm, female vocalist. Um, I got to find out what this is. Um, And I don't think... I had seen them before. Like I was trying to think if I had stumbled upon them at Warped Tour, like if that was part of it. But I really think it was just like, I started to see their name pop up. And then once I saw that they had a female vocalist um, and I realized she was a little younger than us. And that also intrigued me Mm -hmm. um, because it was like, oh, who is she? Um, Then I started to do some digging and I really liked everything they were doing. They were still pretty new at that point, um, but pretty prolific. They were doing a lot of... um, EPs and covers of stuff and really just doing a great job at being active Mm -hmm. um, and kind of soaking up that um, opportunity for attention. Okay. Which is like, that's the way you got to do it. So I was like, I like the hustle. This is like, clearly you've, you know, you've pulled me into this. Mm -hmm. Um, So after that, I just like, I kept following them and I really liked their debut album. And then when this came out, I was really impressed. Um, loved the whole album. I loved the like the electronic vibe they took with it. Um, yeah. I really liked a lot of the content. Um, I don't know if the other two people in the band are our age, older, or younger. Right. Um, but I knew Chrissy, the lead singer, was, I believe she's um, 23, 24. So she's around the age of my little brother. It was cool to watch the music evolve 
and watch her like grow up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just was like, I saw so much growth in past lives. So I was proud. <laughs> that makes so much sense. I had um, kind of dived into, I forget the name of their prior album, but I had listened to like a little bit of that, which is just a totally different vibe than this album. And yes. when I was reading an interview um, by, I think it was Upset Magazine or something like that. Um, and Chrissy was talking about how this was just like a much more mature album. Um, it just makes so much sense. I didn't realize how young she was. I didn't even think to look that up. That is yeah. wild. Realizing that she is like Matt's age was like crazy when I first found them. Cause I guess just like having someone to compare to a younger sibling, it's like, you think of them so young, even though they're like 21, 22. Um, so I, I just was like, oh my God, like, this is like a whole different like generation than like me, you know, and a whole different generation than like Haley Williams. Like it was kind of cool to see the next generation after us. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, that it, you can see the difference. Like you got all that, that first music when she was like 19, 21, 22. And now she's like 23, 24. And a lot happens, I think, to most people in life. And you feel pretty differently as like a 23, 24 year old than you do as like a 20, 21 year old, definitely different than an 18, 19 year old. Yeah, absolutely. And I think where this album was so much of a reflection on like the past two years of her life, like that's really what she's talking about. Yeah. Is that growing up that you do and those life lessons that you learn early on that are hard but they shape you into the person that you ultimately are going to become or are becoming, you know? Yeah. And it was interesting that you got this like pretty well-packaged two, like specific two years. Yes. yes. And you see it over and over again, referenced in the lyrics Yeah. Um, of two years, two years, two years. And I kind of liked that. Like I, I thought it was an interesting way to look at the record because like sometimes you don't know, like sometimes someone will be like, this record is a year in the life. Mm-hmm. This record has been many years in the making. Like mm-hmm. it was cool to put a timeline on it and be like, okay, I can look at this. If we're going to like, look at this as a story, this is like two years in someone's life. Yeah. Yeah. And I kind of looked at it as a journal of those two years, like just these lessons, each song being a journal entry, a reflection yeah. of, of, of something that's happened, a realization of where you're at and what you've learned and how you're feeling that's kind of how I felt yeah about about this album and what she was still fighting through and I I appreciated that that it wasn't all just like wrapped up in a bow mm-hmm. like there was this kind of um uh it's like a theme of continual struggle which mm-hmm. is very real yeah yeah I agree and even and we'll talk about it but even the way that, that it ends it's like just it doesn't really end in a way that's like, I'm better now. Like everything's fine. Um, I think it kind of ends like, we'll see what happens next in a way, you know? Yeah. I mean, then the, la- the last song is is like, I'm being pulled out of the, the stuff right. that I've been going through, but I don't think it doesn't, it doesn't leave me saying like, oh, you know, she's wrapping it up in a, in a bow 
it no. has some loose ends, which is nice because that's how life is. Yep. Yep. You keep going. I think for me at first, it was hard to find the connections between each song because there are, I, I do, I, I agree. I think I enjoyed, I really enjoyed that she was writing specifically about this two-year time period. But I think that there were some songs where I was like, okay, what is she talking about? <laughs> or like, yeah. how does this fit into what she's been talking about? And that's okay. That's that's fine, right? She She's allowed to write an album however, <laughs> however she wants to. Um, but where so many of the songs were almost like an autobiography, I was sometimes disappointed in like wanting to hear more or no more. Mm-hmm. And then the next song wouldn't give me that. So it was almost frustrating in a way where, and I think that she probably wouldn't want to hear me say this, but I think that is probably just where she's at in her writing, where sometimes you can only touch things on the surface. And especially if you're writing about traumatic events, Mm -hmm. anytime something has happened to you, um, whether that be a breakup, a loss, whatever, it can be really hard to write about it right away. Um, even though you really want to, and you want to be able to get those emotions out and you want to be able to talk about them in a way that reaches to others in a profound way. And I think she did a little bit of that here, specifically with really just two songs, but I wanted so much more. So I'm really actually intrigued to see how she continues to grow as an artist and to be able to see that is really cool. And I haven't really ever thought about just the progression of somebody's writing abilities or music, music abilities or storytelling abilities um, until, until now. Um, But it, it was cool for me to pull it apart that way. And it's interesting when you already look at what she's done, I think in that way, because, um, I hope you ran across this, that this album was kind of inspired by one of the songs on the last album. And that's such an interesting way to take inspiration into your next album. It's almost like pulling a crochet hook through, Mm -hmm. like, you know, you pull that loop through into your next um, set of pieces. Um, So they had a song called Wasteland on the last album, which was quite a bit different than a lot of the music on that album. It was definitely my favorite. So I was psyched to kind of hear that they were taking that and kind of exploding that into a whole new direction. Um, mm-hmm. But I think as is with art is sometimes you throw a bunch of stuff out and you you have to experiment and mess around and work in styles and in ways that are so different to you to figure out what you actually want to do, right? Mm-hmm. Like, And then you find that thing and then you hone in on that. And I think that's exactly what they did here with the second album, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So let's see what she pulls from this album into the next set of work. Yeah, that I'm I'm definitely interested to see. And it, you know, and they said in the interview that I was reading that they struggled like at first writing this album. They were writing a bunch of songs and they were trying to figure out like, okay, what what are we doing here? And it wasn't until they wrote um, Strangers again. Mm-hmm. that they really realized and figured out okay this is this is actually hitting the spot um, yeah 
and I thought that was so interesting because it ends up being the first first song on the album so um and that's you know it's it's so funny and I said this to you like when you were asking me <laughs> how I <laughs> if I liked it because I hadn't really talked about it as I as I had with prior albums that you've given me Mm-hmm. about how I was excited to talk about it. And it's definitely not that I'm not excited to talk about it. It's just that it hit me different because um, all the prior albums that we've talked about that you've given me, I've felt such a connection to in some way or another. And there are a couple of songs on here that I definitely felt that way about, but it just wasn't as deep, you know, it didn't, and like you said, oh my God, you said it so perfectly. I don't know. I, it didn't make me question the depths of my existence or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I kept giving you some heavy hitters. So I knew like this one had been on my list um, since we started this project because I really like this album and I, I also wanted to dive in and learn. Mm-hmm. But I specifically was like, it's time to just enjoy something. Yeah. Exactly. For a minute. Yeah. Yep. And that's totally okay. And honestly, you know, it's so funny I kind of felt the same way when I was giving you heartthrob until I started diving into it and realizing mm-hmm. so much. And I was like, wait, never mind. I was like, I have never thought this deeply about this album before because it's just one you throw on and you go, yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> that turned out to not be that at all. <laughs> um, but as a whole, you know, I my first impression definitely was just like, oh, this is so different than what I've been listening to. From you. Yeah. Not musically, but just um theme-wise. And mm-hmm. that's totally fine because music is that. It's sometimes it's just easy listening. Sometimes it's very straightforward. It is what it is. It's just a good song. It doesn't, it's just a good album. It doesn't need to have this statement. It doesn't need to yeah. be that way. Um, and I think what's cool is, you know, even though there's definitely a theme um, in this album and there's a couple songs that don't necessarily fit. There's still some really great songs on here that I was like, okay, like this is, this is great art now. Yeah. And I think in the same way that you said that it's like sometimes when the writer is writing something that has just happened and they're too close to it, that they end up getting a little surface. I also feel like this gives the listener that same space to just jump in it with them and start processing that way. Um, so I think it's cool if you look at it like that because you could like kind of be a couple months out from a breakup and still be processing that. And this could be a very good album for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good one. I'm excited to dive into it, but I want to know what your first impression of Heartthrob was. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, I feel like we kind of set ourselves up for a really good transition. Um, so I like laughed when I realized that Heartthrob is also a breakup album. Yeah. <laughs> and there are some songs on there that are also referencing other parts of life, I think. Um, but I, I um, okay, so first impression, there was no first impression because I knew this album already and I yeah. really liked this album. Yeah. Um, and um, I, I like knew the whole thing even more than I realized because it's one of those albums that, when it comes on, I'll let the whole thing play. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's such a good one. This is my favorite Tegan and Sarah album. Close behind is Love You to Death, but um, this one's my favorite for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess I really like that era of them. I like the electronic 
colorful pastel-y thing that they do that they started with this. Um, and I could really kick myself in 2013, 2014, because um, I was, I just like, wasn't, I hadn't caught on to them yet. I knew who they were a little bit, um, but I hadn't caught on to them. So when this album came out, I was definitely not, they weren't on my radar. Um, and I, they were even on the first Parahoy, like, and we didn't go see them at all. <laughs> And I could go back and slap myself because yeah. that must have been really fun. Um, but I was so uninterested. Mm-hmm. There were so many other things. It wasn't like I just sat and did nothing um, while they were playing because I didn't want to go see them. But I didn't make an effort to at least go check them out once. Um, and they were the ones that kind of taught me that like, nope, nope, you need to do that going forward. Because then I proceeded to go on to the next two. And I found a lot of people that I um, never would have given a chance before. And when I saw them, I was like, wow, yeah, no, I, I get it. And I like them. Um, and I wish I had done that with them, but we were lucky enough to see them together in 2017. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, which is one of my favorite memories. Um, and they played so much of this album that it is just like in, it's like what I think about when I listen to this album sometimes mm-hmm. is that like crazy nights we went, it was Halloween, 2017, yep. <laughs> you and Megan and, um, Jessica and Nolan, mm-hmm. um, already had tickets and we were like, oh, you're coming down. Like we'll grab tickets. And I think we got $6 tickets like last minute. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Ashley dressed as Jack and Sally, yep. um, <laughs> the world's greatest couple costume for a non-couple. <laughs> and then remember Molly came yeah and she was dressed as some roman mythology some greek mythology situation like toga leaves in the hair um but that's like that was our group um and we had a blast yeah we did it was a great group yep yep it was awesome because nobody cared everybody danced everybody was Mm -hmm. just involved and the and the crowd was awesome and so positive crowd um, I remember specifically standing in line after the show. <laughs> this is my favorite thing. We're standing in line to go to the bathroom and it's Megan and I and this person in front of me um, standing in line. She, she's like, I got hit on by this guy. Doesn't he realize he's at the wrong place? Like, <laughs> everybody, pretty much everybody there is part of the LGBTQ community somehow. Yes. That's so funny. So we were like dying and we were like, oh my God, not the place, buddy. <laughs> no. So great. Oh my God. Remember they played Walking with a Ghost and they dressed like ghosts? Yeah. Or I think Sarah dressed like a ghost. One of them did. Yeah. Um, it was a great, like it was, I love a Halloween show. Mm-hmm. Love a Halloween show. That was like such a fun one. Yeah, they fully embraced it. They came out, I remember that was like right around election time. Oh and yeah. They came out on Hillary stage. Clinton masks, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's one of the things that I I love about them so much. And we there's one song on the album actually where we'll talk a little bit more about it, but they're political, you know, there's just they're very outspoken about politics and I love that because Yep, you know exactly and, where they stand. Yeah, and they've always been that way and in, in a way yep. that can be a little alienating as as a band that's not even from the U.S., they're from Canada. So right. it's, I thought I have always admired that about them. 
Yep. And we talked about this a little bit in the episode with all time low. I think that's why, I mean, yes, music, of course, and being a fan of someone's band and then being able to collaborate with them will make you a relationship. But I think that's why you continue to see them and Alex interact because he's the same way. And that's what I really appreciated seeing them do the same thing. Mm-hmm. So it, it's like it, it affects other people and it, it opens the floor to let other people also be publicly on the right side, I guess, you know, like it's nice and it's nice to know who you're supporting isn't awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So th- this album by them is the first album they put out that was unlike their past music because prior to this album it was the con and Mm -hmm. every other every album before that was very indie and folky and not in any way um synthy or poppy um so well I would argue back in your head is maybe the closest taste and I've always loved that song about I've been like yeah no I love that song yeah. Um, but then I could never really find other things that sounded like that by them. And then this happened and I was like, oh, this is what happens if you like electronic that. Mm-hmm. That's so true. Prior to this album, I think it was right before it, they had done a collab with someone. I forget who it was, but it was body Morgan work. Bodywork. Yeah. Morgan something. Yeah. And I loved that as yeah. well. Yeah. Loved it. And, and that was then really this the happened. first taste. Yes. Yes. Um, so it's so funny because, you know, as a young queer woman, like Tegan and Sarah just becomes part of your wheelhouse and your rotation <laughs> of CDs. Cause like, why can't, it has to. Yeah. And so for everyone. Exactly. So as a young little query, I was hundred percent listening to Tegan and Sarah. Cause it was just like, yeah, like they're lesbians and they're twins. Like, hello. Um, when did you find them? That's what I wanted to like, I realized I didn't I didn't know your history with them. Mm-hmm. I just uh, knew you've liked them for a while. I started listening to them actually around the same time I started picking up Death Cab for Cutie. I, okay. I, I associate the two together very much as far as when I when I started exploring my music taste outside of, um, you know, early like My Chemical, my Chemical Romance, Good Charlotte music. Um, yeah. And so I was, I was watching like a lot of Fuse TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and they R. Have, right. I know. Um, Loved it. And they were, there was this really great um, music hour. I think it was with Henry Rollins actually. And he <laughs> would have just these different, different bands and they would show music videos and Tegan and Sarah was one of them. And it was specifically the music video by the con. And I loved it. Mm-hmm. And I bought the CD probably at like FWE or something Mm -hmm. and I was just obsessed so that was my first introduction to them and I really actually didn't start listening to any of their earlier stuff until I got like my first iPod and I was able to like dump music on there um but um but yeah and then when this album came out like Megan and I were pretty pretty I mean we're still new in our relationship um and we would just drive around in her Jeep and blast the CD. And so mm-hmm. just that's what I like think of <laughs> is when I listen to this, like, listen to this album, I just think of us being, you know, young and in love. And that's it was so, so cool because at the time 
what was really cool about this album is everybody knew that Tegan and Sarah were were gay. Um, yeah. But they had never really written music that specified she or her. Oh, And like okay. used those pronouns. And um, this was really the first album that was very, to me at least, explicitly like about lesbian relationships. Yeah. Um, and then that became like, it just became anthem like for mm-hmm. for anybody in a gay relationship because you had something to relate to you know and yeah. there wasn't a lot of that out there and there still isn't nope. so to have that as you're driving around in your jeep with your girlfriend was magic mm-hmm. and and it wasn't something sad and sappy it was upbeat danceable music yeah. and and so much of it is relatable. You could, you know, there's not, not every song has, is, is, has an explicit, like she or her. Um, and even just the song closer, like that's relatable to anybody. There's, there's doesn't talk about one specific person, but it was just really cool to know. Cause that was honestly the first time that it was very in your face. Yeah. Their content that they were putting out for music videos. Yes. Like, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. So it was big time. It was just really great. And it was before gay marriage was legal. So it was mm-hmm. still, you know, you're making very political statements by putting out music videos and, and content like this. Um, but it was yeah. so inclusive at the time to have that um, and so special in that way. Yeah. And for context of anyone who's not familiar with this album, it came out on January 29th, 2013. So that is now what, seven years behind us? Mm-hmm. No, eight. <laughs> like this, it feels like it came out yesterday because I, I remember how much you liked the album because I remember buying the vinyl for you for our mm-hmm. birthday that year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like remember, and that's why I'm like, why didn't I really dig into this? Like I knew closer but I did not dig into that album, even though I like went to the record store and like picked it up. Um, and, um, but it feels like it was yesterday, but it was eight years ago. That is yeah. insane. That, that like is the music really is still so fresh. Yeah. Yep. That's so true. It's not dated at all. Not at all. Which is funny. Cause it has such an eighties vibe um, yes. that it easily could be. And it is, uh, and we'll get into it. Um, there are, there's one song in particular that I'm like, I, I kind of even find it a little bit of a parody in a, in a really good way. Um, mm-hmm. But it still stands to like 2021 as good as it did in 2013. Like Closer yeah. still hits just as hard. Oh yeah. I 100% agree. And then when I looked up the date, I noticed something also very interesting. Um, so they had two of, the producers that worked on Paramore stuff. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You pointed that out to me. I had no mm-hmm. idea. Yep. And one of the producers, I believe he's still with them. And if I'm right, um, he worked on after laughter and it's like, Oh my duh, God. That makes so duh. much sense. Yeah. Yeah. Duh. And we know, we know that there's a really good relationship with Paramore and Tegan and Sarah Mm-hmm. I mean, Haley's done um, a cover of 19 for them. They've toured before. They were on the first Parahoy. Like, um, you know, it's it's very apparent um, what a good relationship they have. But 
it was funny to watch the album trailer they had posted and see two of the member, two of the non-Haley members um, clapping in the studio yeah. with them. It yeah. was like right away I saw it and I was like, wait, <laughs> I know them. Oh, so crazy. <laughs> so I tried to find um, credits because then I was like, oh man, like it was the bassist and the guitarist. And I was like, oh, they must have like been studio musicians on it. They weren't. Um, they're not noted anywhere. So it must have really just been like a, a we're random, hanging out or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, because I got I was like, oh, that's gonna be so much cooler if it turns out like they're studio musicians. Um, but it makes sense. The guitarist um Taylor York that's still in Paramore, he just produced Pedals for Armor. Mm. So he's kind of jumping into this production seat on his own. So I wonder if he was hanging around. Um, the specific producer I was looking at, Justin Meldell Johnson, learning mm. from him during this album like production. Wow. So, what which is experience. really interesting because I think he worked on After Laughter as well and then worked on Haley's stuff. And it's like, it's so interesting to see where people get their education and then where they apply it mm-hmm. and how they apply it. And usually it's, you know, people stay connected for a reason. Yeah. So, Wow. I don't know. It's there's a lot there that I was like, holy F. Well, you know, it's, um, you were saying, um, you were mentioning the connection between Tegan and Sarah and then Paramore. And then I was like, oh my God, wait, Tegan and Sarah, their early albums, Chris Walla, who yes. is a band member of Death Cab for Cutie, helped produce their early albums. And then they're also connected to Taylor Swift, who we talked about, mm-hmm. and All Time Low. So it's so weird <laughs> how yeah. all of these like intersections have come about. You know, things aren't so far apart. Like yeah. it's really, I think it's a small world, and the friend circles get even smaller mm-hmm. um, because it's you know they're artists. You find who you want to work with. You try out some people. They don't work well you find the people that work and that's usually who you keep around. Mm -hmm. And I think this is kind of where we saw this. And I think the Paramore thing, I mean, we know that they had toured with them back in 2010. So it's been a longstanding friendship. So it's interesting to see that friendship, um, which I would love to know if it was like they met on that tour. Um, They met on that tour or if they genuinely like if Paramore had reached out and been like, Hey, we want you to open on this like big tour. Um, like I want to see how organic the friendship was. I would just be very curious to know just seeing how close they've stayed and seeing that so much of the Paramore team has like creatively worked with them and that they were a part of Parahoy one. I mean, they were the main like second headliners. So they were like the big ones. Um, and that's not, a um light gift (laughs) yeah you know like that's that's pretty crazy that was a that was a risk and they really had to trust them to put as much love and effort into that project as Paramore was Mm -hmm. um and you know besides the point of Paramore just believing in how much they liked them personally you know they had to really um count on Tegan and Sarah to hold their own weight and take it seriously and love it as, you know, cause it's like, if they had flounced on and been jerks and really weren't into it, it would have been very apparent. And although I did not go to any of their shows, 
I know that they were a hit and everyone had such a, like a fun time with them. They were playing beer pong with people. So uh, like they really held it up. I know. Like I could slap myself and <laughs> <laughs> I could just like go back and be like, just go to the shows, bitch. Um, <laughs> but it, it's, it's just funny to see those two families mm-hmm. and they've stayed so connected. So yeah, I was like, wow. When I saw the production team, I was, um, I was interested. The other guy, Rob Cavallo, he did work on brand new eyes. So that was 2010. So that makes me think like, was this an organic friendship because of production team members? I don't know, but um, I, I, yeah, I've always really loved their um, connection. So that's so cool. Yeah. That. Amazing. So is this your favorite Tegan and Sarah album? That's a really hard question. I, why did you give this one to me then? Um, <laughs> because I, I definitely do want to give you the con. I just didn't feel like I was, I didn't feel like it was time yet. Okay. I'll I don't take know. It. I like, I, th- I have to say, I think the con and heartthrob are my two favorite albums for sure. For different reasons. For different reasons. I don't think I could pick one over the other because they're so yeah. different. That makes sense. Yeah. What did you find were the similarities between these albums? So just overall heartbreak. Um, I thought that was just so funny that we both picked Cynthi heartbreak albums. Mm-hmm. Um, in that way, interesting to look at this album written from a much older perspective mm-hmm. um, with probably a few more experiences put behind them when they were encountering these new experiences. So that's kind of a cool thing to look at. Um, I, I, you know, it's interesting about that statement though, is I felt very much that heartthrob was a reflection though on like teenage yes. like young love but still like the th- it was written I mean what they were in their like mid-30s when they wrote this album so they were like 10 years older than Chrissy was yes which is crazy like this is like I don't know it's kind of funny like if you want to really like this could be like alternate universe universe Chrissy like <laughs> looking back on her time mm-hmm. <laughs> so um it's cool like I also thought right away I was like oh shit this would make a really good tour so I hope to see that in the future I hope someone else thinks that um please someone think that uh because I just (laughs) think it would be such a banger of a tour um the past heartthrob tour um I think yeah, I think it's like a little easier to look at it like a juxtaposition once you like get out of the way that they're kind of about the same things mm-hmm. that this one, the person is able to reflect much better on mm-hmm. the situation. Like they've had time to think about it um, and they've gone through some stuff and then they're reflecting way back on teenage love and young love. What did you find were the similarities or differences? I agree with you. I think um, it's hilarious that both of them are Cynthia love stories um, and about heartbreak and um, uh, and other hardships too. Um, yeah, I thought that I thought that uh, writing wise, both both individuals have a really great way of putting you in a specific 
space at a specific time. Yes. Um, just with the way that they storytell in, in details that they write about so carefully. Like even just, 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 just the way that they describe a scene, the way that they describe what's surrounding them, um, what things smell like, what things feel like, what things taste like. Like, I just felt like it was very descript. Yeah, very like senses. That's an interesting point. Yes, yeah. And I felt both of them did that really well. Yeah, as well as having a very atmospheric like music to it. Yes. Like the type of, and the way they did electronic, it's like if you listen to it in a car, Mm-hmm. or somewhere that there you have speakers around you, you get a really interesting effect. And I yes. really like that. That's that why this so works so well live. Um, when I saw Against the Current, like it worked great when they did it live too. Like it it really, it's like an environmentally pleasing um, feeling, which mm-hmm. is cool. I did find two cousin songs. Yeah? Yeah. What? So um I kind of think that there's some really close similarities in um against the currents I like the way and Tegan and Sarah's drove me wild okay that's your positive nostalgic look back like they both had that that's so true yes I can absolutely see that that's great I didn't even think about that which is even funnier because I, I like the way you kind of think about an afternoon on a drive because she references like being mm. in the car with someone mm-hmm. and like literally drove me wild. So that's just like another small bit that mm-hmm. I think is funny. <laughs> huh? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. Those are your two positive nostalgic looks, which is also like very human because like as mad and like fucked up as you can be in a situation, um, you have those moments of purity oh, yeah. no matter like what happened. Yeah. So I love that they both had those and just like really gave it a full song to just revel in it. Yeah. And I wrote um, about, I like the way that it's very much like a summer vibe. Yes. And Drove in, Me Wild is too. I mean. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. They both give off that same, like it, this was very much like a summer romance either if that's where it evolved or it only lasted a summer like whatever it is like this is a very very summery song yeah well both of them are I don't think I have any other similarities I think that was I think both of us kind of hit that on the head they're just like big generals I mean I guess you could say that like there are moments in both where they're literally like writing about the struggle of reminding yourself why you're not in that relationship anymore. Mm-hmm. So, but it all yes. fits into, I mean, they're both like a, a really real take on heartbreak put in the synthy, um, <laughs> but different, like heartthrob is very eighties mm-hmm. and they've said it's eighties inspired. Like, you know, listen to it for two seconds and you know, it is. And, um, past lives isn't eighties inspired synthy. It's mm-hmm. like something different, something way more modern. Yeah, but they both are just this, yeah, very like almost ethereal, synthy, fun. Yeah, I agree. So, what was your gem for past lives? My gem was personal. I knew it was going to be. You know me so Great well. Song. I know. Maybe I should just have you guess every time. <laughs> <laughs> Next time I will. Because um, I have, I mean, I've been on it. Mm-hmm. You First have. This was been. a great song, though. Like, Kudos to her for writing it. Do you want to talk a little bit about what you learned about it? Because it's. Yeah. Well, I thought, you know, before I even 
dove in and read about what she was writing about, I felt like this was the strongest song on the album. So um, when we talked about her writing, I felt like um, this was the most well-written song because I felt like it was probably, I mean, she, the song is written about her best friend who died. His name is Julius. Um, I'm assuming, I don't, well, I don't want to assume necessarily what he passed away from. um, You're right. She said it was. Okay. So So from drug. It's addiction. Yeah. Yeah. Drug overdose, um, which is super sad. And I thought that just the way that she wrote about it was so honest. Um, And no matter how you lose somebody, death can feel really personal, even though it isn't about you. And that can, that can seem like a really selfish emotion. Um, but the truth is everybody has felt that no matter what. Um, and I just thought that was so ballsy of her to come out and talk about, not only just write about, um, and just be very honest and open and do it in a way that is very mature, especially now knowing her age. Um, and this is, and she, she mentioned like, this is her first big loss. She had lost grandparents before, but losing somebody who's also young just gives you a different perspective on, on life. I've, I've have, haven't had that experience. So her art, her ability to really articulate what that experience was like for her um, was just so beautiful. So, so beautifully done. And I, I, I almost wanted more of that. Like I wanted to know more about her journey through grief and more about Julius. Like I felt like it could have turned into a really beautiful story about how, how he influenced her to continue being a musician and really push and like what that friendship really was like. And I'm hoping maybe that in the next album, she kind of continues to talk about him and, you know, breathe life into him in that way. Um, And also just lyrically, just really powerful um, lyrics here. I love that she she wrote, "I scream at your ghost when I missed when I miss you the most." I wrote that down too, and I just like wow, you know, that's really beautiful. Um, and I'll lace up my armor and fight for us both. Is just you know like life is hard, and now I have you know I have you to fight for too because this was your dream was also to become a musician. And I have the ability to now go out and do that when you don't. And I'm going to fight twice as hard now because it's also your dream that I'm living. So I just thought, wow, like so cool. Well, the other half of that lyric is finish what you started and crown your stone. Mm -hmm. And I'd never caught that before. I read the lyrics and like, oof, yeah, that is just like, Cause it, I think it speaks to, especially situations like that, where you're kind of like, you lose someone that believes in you to do a specific thing or live your life a certain way or whatever, um, in a good way. Like they're like, you know, I really want to see you achieve your dream. Um, and that's what people will use to, to push themselves. Um, but they can achieve that. And like, the sad thing is it's not going to bring that person back. Mm-hmm. You know, like you bring that crown back to the stone. Like that was so clever and sad mm-hmm. and true and real like you can make it to the top of that mountain and like unfortunately that person's still not gonna see you do that yeah 
I'm blown away at how vulnerable it is, but how powerful and strong she did this. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. What was your gem? Um, I had a hard time because there are a couple of songs I love on this album, mm-hmm. but I ultimately had to go with Almost Forgot. I love that song. <laughs> I think it's a great song of like, well, I laughed because I wrote down such a mix of sweet and bitter. And then I went back and I listened to their track by track. And she literally says, this is such a great mix. Of, like, It's a mix of like sweetness and bittersweetness. And mm-hmm. I was like, nailed it. Yep. Um, like it's exactly what I picked up. Um, I kind of love that it had that like dance your broken heart out thing. Um, it reminded me a little bit of um, five, four, three, two, one Z by the rocket summer. Like I thought that was kind of funny. There's just like, I love her like, <laughs> like fucks at the, the end of things. Like, yeah. It's funny. Like she kind of goes off on a tangent and then she'll like be like, fuck. Mm -hmm. stop herself um but musically it's so great um and it's perfect as is but it's so good as a remix and as an acoustic song like this song there's no wrong way to do it and I really am like wow like the bones of the song it's just a good song yes I wrote that this was the second second strongest song on the album for sure I thought that the acoustic version of the song was probably better than the, the, the version on the album, because first of all, hearing her voice that way, that I was like yeah. blown away. Like She's got pipes really does like, and you can't always tell in an album because obviously everything can be auto-tuned and edited, whatever to sound amazing, but hearing it live um, and acoustically gave it breathed a new life into the song um, and really just made it what it really truly is when you strip it down and take away everything from it. Yeah. Um, and I was just really impressed with her voice and I was like, oh my God, she's great. She knows, like, she knows what she's doing. Like she's had some professional training. Yeah. So I just thought that was cool. And I just, I had a lot of respect seeing it like that, like that. So. Yeah. She's so good. Mm-hmm. but yeah I mean like I feel like that's the first one I heard when this album came out it was either this or strangers again which almost was my gem mm. um, I love that song too we'll talk about it but um it might have been almost forgot that I that I heard first from this album so it definitely has a hand in pulling me into this mm-hmm. and that's I don't know when I think of this album that's exactly what I think of is almost yeah. forgot like that's what I would show someone first probably that makes sense um, it's just it's very very well done it's a fun song and it's like I think it's just like a funny interesting thing to write about funny in the way that it's like strange for what music is out there because like you never really get those push and pull moments of like oh I really want to like be back with them but I know I can't but I like the times are so good but I can't like and you get that exact struggle Mm -hmm. in this song and like it's definitely a rarity. I can't really think of anything off the top of my head that does that, that plays with that. And I like the way she does it. Yes. Well, it's very real, you know, yeah. and I think oftentimes people try to internalize those feelings because they're embarrassed. Like anybody would, you know, your friends being like, why would you ever want to go back with him? Like, do you remember 
what it was like. Are you kidding me? It's like, well, that's an internal struggle every day. So, you know, why would I talk about it? But here she is just putting it all out there because, you know, you know that other people are feeling that way. So, right. And you remember like what the, the place they bought too soon. Cause I loved mm-hmm. the view. Like I just like so many of that like allegorical stories she puts in there yeah. are so like funny and real and are just like flashes that we all get when we're like climbing out of that. And it's like, but like, what about this pure moment? Mm-hmm. They're like, Fuck. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I think this is my favorite when they do live too. Cause it just like goes so well live mm. and like the crowd is just right in it. It's really funny. She's great recorded, um, but her voice is unreal. And you get to hear that more so live. And mm-hmm. her energy is like, she's just whipping all over the place, doing back bends, like, in, like engaging with the crowd. Like, it's funny because she's just like this, this like tiny woman um, with like super long pink hair at the time I saw them. And it was just like funny to watch her just like bounce around. I was like, How do you have that much energy? Um, but it's like, you really love what you're doing and you really feel strongly about what you're making music about and performing and it shows like not a not a doubt at all that they are um doing this because they want to um like I I almost wonder with their age when they were first coming out if people thought that they were industry plants you hear it a lot more now and I think because Twitter and social media on the whole are so much more active now than they were even like six years ago um but I, I kind of wonder if people were like, uh, is this like, these are kids, their parents are probably rich. Like, you know, you gotta be rich to do music, especially young, like are they industry plants? But if you see them live, it's like, nope, this is heart. This is true heart. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it's in the writing too. Like, yeah, this isn't some fucking bullshit. No, you know? it's real. Yeah. yeah. What was your gem for um, heartthrob? Was it I was a fool? No. Okay. <laughs> it's shock to your system. Oh, okay. The last song. Yeah. Huh. I'm I'm glad you picked that. Um, because I do have some stuff to say about that. I think the main reason why I pick it, it picked it was because musically, I think this is just so good, so strong percussion in the song. It is a heartbeat. Like it yeah. when you play the song in your car, you can you can feel the beats in your chest. And it's just got that like pulse to it that just like it's a slower song. Yep. Um, but it has this energy to it that is just truly mesmerizing. And it I think they really do they really do that through the music here. And I just thought it was just so cool the way that they did that. And I was just blasting it on my way home from work. And I was just like, this is, this has got to be my gem. Like, it's just so, it's just so good. Um, How do you feel about it being a closer? I think it's an interesting choice because um, it's kind of, it's sad. It's emotionally raw. Um, but I like that they did that. I, I feel like, um, it's kind of a realization that to me, you went through this heartbreak and you realized that 
you know, you're not actually so heartbroken about the breakup. You're actually just lonely. And mm-hmm. that's a really hard realization. And that's very like, look at myself in the mirror and realize that type of moment. And then just shouting like what you are is lonely at the end. Like yeah. <laughs> that's, it is a really interesting choice of a last song, but it's just, it, it just goes to say that like, it's just a little bit more complicated than, than a breakup. And I think throughout the whole album, you're hearing this desperation, Mm -hmm. um, wanting to be loved, needing to be loved, needing to be closer to somebody, just pining for someone being with that person, being absolutely head over heels for them, losing that person, questioning your entire existence and realizing like at the end of the day, actually it's just that I'm a lonely person. Yeah. It's not that I need that specific person in my life. It's that I am just lonely and that's, and that's everyone's existence. Sometimes you could Mm be, I tell Megan all the time, the most complicated feeling is loneliness because you can be with the person you're meant to be with. You could be in a, in a crowded room. People say it all the time. You can be in a crowded room and feel so alone. And that's just a really heartbreaking feeling, but it's everybody's felt that before. And you can't, you can't base your relationship or need to have a relationship off of that feeling because it will never go away. No. And that lives in you. That's you. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, it's not your fault. Like everyone gets lonely and everyone feels that. And quite often existence is lonely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, crisis. I mean, it's enough for crisis. It's but this song really is like all roads back, all roads lead back to you. Um, I thought the line, you got a shock to your system, knocked your heart right out of sync. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, but the breakup, the external force can be the shock to your system, but your heart is the one that fell out of sync. Mm-hmm. That's what you've got to fix. Like that's something literally inside of you mm-hmm. um, and out of sync. It's like your sync, you know, like you gotta, you gotta figure out how to put those puzzle pieces together. Um, and that's where loneliness comes in. And that's kind of where it lives, I guess, when those two things are apart, when you're out of sync with yourself, mm-hmm. cause it's like, you're, you're stuck with yourself. You gotta be. Yeah your own like biggest cheerleader like you know it's you yeah all you have at the end of the day is yourself and you can't can't find that in anyone else and And an external force can't make you question your existence and like that's a lesson you have to learn like everyone goes through that that you know something just detrimental will happen and you really you lose yourself like it happens but you have to figure out like how to get back mm-hmm. and when you lose yourself that means something unhealthy is going on yeah then what was your gem for well, my gem wait <laughs> can I guess I want to guess yeah. now too guess mm-hmm. don't overthink it it drove me wild that almost was that was my <gasps> second and I really fought with myself my gem was closer and I know it's obvious but I, and I struggled with this for the last couple of days. I really fought with myself 
Um, but I've decided that it's it, genius. It was the perfect song to release, to introduce this album. They knocked it out of the fucking park. Mm-hmm. Everyone loves this song. Everyone's heard this song. Even Glee covered this song. <laughs> like, <laughs> If Glee covered it, it has to be good. <laughs> it has to be culturally relevant. Um, it's just so, it's good. And it's like, even though it's the most known song that was the first single and it's kind of like the, one of their biggest songs ever, I would maybe think it is their biggest song ever. There's a reason. Like it, it was just a smart decision. It's a great song. Mm-hmm. It's not overrated at all. It got exactly what it deserved. I don't know. It should have been nominated for a Grammy. Maybe it was. Maybe it was. <sighs> Didn't win. Bullshit. Yeah. I can't think of anything in 2013. I mean, this album was on a lot of like year end lists as like number three. It was up there. Yeah. It is the best way to open this album there's no just the name of the album being heartthrob yeah this song is exactly that like it literally just takes that word doesn't even say that word in the song but you know that the song is talking about just like that super attractive person that you just Mm want to be a little bit closer to yeah it's like such a good like I have a crush on someone and we're doing something fun. And like, there, it's just like, there's so many like good feelings being thrown at you. There's some great lines in here. Like the night sky is changing overhead. I just love that line. I think that's mm-hmm. like so fun. Um, the whole, here comes the dreams bridge. Here comes the dreams. Here comes the dreams. Here comes the dreams of you and me. Um, uh, just perfect. Mm-hmm. This is like great song. And it was just the perfect first single and I really wonder if this is what sucked everyone into the rest of the album mm-hmm. like if they had chosen to release any other song as the first single um I don't know what that album reception would have looked like I think closer really pulled everyone in yeah and it set the tone yeah like you knew it's the most going relatable in. song too yeah I agree I thought it was so funny I was watching this video they were talking um just about this song and it was so funny because Sarah was like oh yeah I was trying to be all sweet and innocent and be like all I want to get is a little bit closer and then Tegan was just like all I can think of all I can dream of lately is getting you getting underneath me or whatever (laughs) and she was like you just really went there you were just like I want to have sex (laughs) and it was just funny the way that they were like approaching with each other like (laughs) so is this like the compromise of two people writing this the same song I think so different approach (laughs) I think so there's a little bit of something in here for everyone I think yeah you know what's funny too about this song is And this album in particular, too, is I think it's almost the the sex appeal of it is Mm -hmm. not anything that they've ever done before. I mean, if you watch if you watch any of their live performances and like the things that they say, like they are they do make a lot of sexual jokes. But like you would never know that based upon the music that they wrote until this album, until this song, really. Yeah. And um. It's not, but it's not uncomfortable, which is cool. No, do you think that it's even maybe confidence? 
of where it, they were at this time. Yeah. Yeah, for I sure. I mean, the visuals, the hair, the like styling of wardrobe for this was all very like they they just felt very comfortable and very like they're having fun in their own skin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Oh, <laughs> one of the things that I thought was really funny about this song. So the line specifically, it's not just all physical. I won't treat you like you're oh so typical. Mm-hmm. It's just like your typical, it isn't your typical hookup song where it's like, yeah, let's, let's just like do this and be over with it, which is just, I thought that was funny because when women talk about hooking up with women, it's so much more romantic <laughs> than it. <laughs> like it's true you're lighting candles and you're putting the right music on even though it's it may just be a booty call but you're you're setting like the scene so much more than you would in any other situation and you know I, I just thought that that line specifically was just really that's so funny it's really true funny. <laughs> even for a fling there's effort put into it yes exactly yeah. <laughs> I love that um, they did what- this like really interesting thing with this too that I guess we can polish off thoughts on this is that they created an environment where no matter like if you're alone listening to the song or like you're at the bar listening to the song you feel like you're surrounded by just like tons of people like you I can be in my car listening to this alone and like if I'm parked and I close my eyes, (laughs) I could easily feel like I'm just like with other people. Like they, I don't know it. I don't know quite how to explain it, Mm -hmm. but they just captured the um, environment sense of a, of like a party of like a really good time. Yep. And we'll talk about, I mean, the video pretty much Mm -hmm. encapsulates that. Does that. Um, but yes, I can, I can definitely, that's really palatable in this song is that it's not just someone singing alone in their room or thinking this to themselves. It's someone at prom. It's someone at a party. It's someone in the hallway at school, seeing that heartthrob and being like, I just want to get a little closer. Yeah. Well, let's jump back to past lives. Mm. So what, what struck you on this, um, on this record? Um, I think, I mean, we have to start by talking about the way that it opens with strangers again, because I think you're getting the sense here, at least I was getting the sense here that these past two years that Chrissy's talking about, she was absolutely in a toxic relationship. And I almost, and I don't know if you agree, I almost feel like it was a little bit abusive. And I don't know if that's mental or physical, but just something about the writing made me think it wasn't just a bad relationship where there was a lot of fighting. And there's other indications of that too with some of the lyrics in other songs. But I kind of feel like I felt that way. Like at least that's what I took away from it. Um, Yeah. And if that is the, and if that is the case, you know, kudos to her for speaking up and singing about something that can be really shameful. Yeah. To have put your not well, not put yourself through, but like have stuck through. Right. 
there's so much shame that comes with that. And there's so much stigma that comes with that. So I don't know if that's the case, but there, like I said, there are other lyrics and other songs where I'm like, Hmm, I wonder if that was, if that was happening, which is really, really sad, but amazing that she was able to come out of it, whatever type of relationship it was. Definitely worse than a normal breakup. Yeah. Whatever it was, was not just like a, like a bad breakup. It was a bad breakup. Right. I mean, she wrote a whole fucking album about it. It was a bad breakup. Right. Right. <laughs> and you're right. She does. She says things that you're like, hmm, there might be more than you're letting on. So who knows with that? Um, and I think in those moments that makes the album and like the, the content seem so much more mature Mm -hmm. then especially when you like look at her age and I hate to say that because it's like you know people are saying like all the time young people don't know anything they haven't experienced anything but well this um, is the time where you do like the age that she was at when when she's talking about writing about these experiences like these are the times where you are going through those things right so it could be um or it could have just been such a could have been like a you know a verbally abusive thing or such a you let yourself go so off the rails that there's so much work to be undone Mm -hmm. to get yourself back in sync as Tegan and Sarah would say to get your heart back in sync (laughs) (laughs) you could have been knocked out of sync a little shock to her system um I mean it's it is yeah it's funny to look at or it's like strange funny to look at it that way because the song does have kind of like a light tone to it yes right but it's real dark yeah well she's literally saying she's like admitting that she used to be in denial about right about it and then she's like you know I used to think everything was fine and then I woke up one day and I was like what the hell have I done yeah like why why am I doing this to myself that's kind of how it works, right? Like, yeah, unfortunately, but yes. But I think it sets, it's a good opener because it sets the tone. It's interesting. It's a little interesting the way that it starts. Cause it's very like, it's a very ease into this album. You know, it's not like, it's not yeah. like Tegan and Sarah where it just punches you like, yeah, this is it. <laughs> you know, it's not like a uplifting you know, way to bring you into the album. This is very much like, this is what we're going to be talking about today. <laughs> yeah. It's like a melancholy flutter, like in the the music itself is, is a little bit like this kind of sad flutter. Um, but if you look at like Wasteland from the last album, and then you put the song right after it, it kind of like chronologically makes sense. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. Like she's like Wasteland is like when you first you're like, I'm in it. Mm-hmm. And, and this is her coming out of it. Yeah. And this is her coming. This is her like processing that one. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of felt like going into, I don't want to talk too much about the song because it wasn't like my favorite unless you have more to say, but that leading into the fuss, I thought was really interesting because, you know, here she is saying like, I just woke up and I'm, I'm realizing like, this is not good and I need to get out of it. And then I feel like the fuss is almost like a little bit jaded. Like, sure. Yeah. And just kind of over it. Like, I kind of imagine like 
she's at this public event and she's just like, man, like what is all the fuss about? Like who wants to even take life seriously at this point? And she's just like, she's in a better place, but she's also still like what I just went through really sucked and nothing that's happy is remotely interesting to me. So what is all the fuss about? That's kind of what I feel like the next song is. <laughs> and she's talking about her temperament. And mm-hmm. I'm sure she's just kind of spinning out at this point. Like, sure. Which is better than being in this toxic relationship. But she's, you know, letting go of whatever has been holding her back. And that kind of sends you in this tailspin of figuring out who you are without that relationship. And I think this yeah. is her being like, nothing is important right now because yeah <laughs> every, everything that everyone thinks is important is just not and she's so numb to it that it's mm-hmm. like she's just like I could not give a fuck less which is funny because that leads right into a, like the way which was definitely on my list I love this song so you still get this like <sighs> hesitancy I guess with the line um we're never going to settle for settling down like we're just like it, it is what it is. Like I'm enjoying the moment, mm-hmm. but she starts to have some genuine fun in this song. Mm-hmm. And um, she does say it's a nostalgic, like past tense. So I guess you can't read it like as the fuss into that. But if you, if you are reading it as the fuss into that, and it's still a nostalgic past tense, her mind is starting to brighten a little bit with these reflections back. And she's like, experiencing pure happiness through a memory Mm. that's a good way to look at it look at it that see that's one of the complicated things is that there's not a sequence of events like here you know there's not necessarily a timeline which which is fine so you could question whether or not this song comes after this breakup or if it was a reflection of of the relationship and how it blossomed into a serious thing after saying she doesn't want to make it complicated, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I also kind of see it as like, you know, the idea of no fuss really resonates here, especially saying, she says, I turn to you and say, can you promise me now that we're never going to settle for settling down? I don't want to think about the rest of my life. I just want the things I like. Yeah. That's what I was looking for before. That's exactly where it's like, she's just vibing. Yeah. Head empty vibes. Which is totally fine. (laughs) You know what? It's good. You have to do that sometimes. And I think that is like part of the recovery process. It's just like, you got to let it go sometimes and you don't have to take everything so seriously. Yep. And that's sometimes the best way to heal from things like that. Yeah. So um, speaking of vibes, this song really, I don't know if you've listened to any Carly Rae Jepsen, um, but my wife really likes her and this totally gave me a Carly Rae Jepsen vibe. Just party for one. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Yep. Um, Which is great. I loved that. Um, It was, I think this song probably was like the poppiest. um, Yes. Yep. I think so. Yeah. It was definitely the lightest song. Yeah. Cause like drove me wild. It was just like pure good nostalgia. Mm-hmm. I just like and it gets a little gritty which I like like she says um 
I like the way my car smells with your cigarettes and my ashtray. Yeah. Like, I just loved that. Cause it was just like, I don't know. It, it just like put a little grit in it. Um, and then I laughed at the line. I found a burnt CDR in your visor from back when you were in a band. Um, I just like <laughs> that line is so like in its time mm-hmm. that like people, <sighs> she's probably like one of the last uh, younger kids that like know what a CDR is. And I'm not trying to bash on the kids. Like everyone bashes on millennials. Like they don't know what a fucking rotary phone is or whatever, but (laughs) (laughs) we grew up burning CDRs. And it's just like funny that she kind of like mentions that, like finding that in a visor. And it's like, most of us, if you've had your car long enough, you probably have some CDs floating around. Oh yeah. Um, And especially some old burned ones. So I liked that reference. I laughed. I thought it was funny. It's also very Um, specific. Yes. Which it's like, sometimes you write a song that's general. This song is about somebody. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, I wonder if like who she wrote it about knows. And this could have just been the person she was in a relationship with. Like, right. It's cute. Like, I think that's, that's such a nice memory. And then I don't know. It's like, it's funny because it's a nostalgic look back, but like in this song, they're also looking back on their youth. Mm-hmm. Like you get a little inception here. It's not a lot, but it's sweet when it's simple. Is it also a line that stuck out to me. Yeah, that's a good line too. Yeah. Okay, I really want to ask you about patt. Hmm. This is like I did. This is like awesome. a, a great girl power song. Yes. Yep. Um, I thought it was really, really cool of her to write something like this. Um, this was definitely this was when I talk about, you know, songs that just like, I'm like, totally doesn't really go with like anything that she's talking about. This is one of them, but I'm so glad that she wrote it. And I'm so glad yeah. it's on this album. Um, You know, it's just basically a big fuck you to everybody who's, who's expecting so much from women. Yeah. Especially, yeah. I can't even imagine what it's like to be her in this, in, in this industry. You know, there are producers that are like, you need to look a certain way for us to take you seriously. And this was actually like circling around the news headlines right now. Vice just sat down with Vanessa Carlton about um, a thousand miles and kind of how that came up and how she dealt with like having to distance herself from an A&R guy that was really treating her inappropriately, but how she was dealing with them literally like trying to dictate how she looked and you know what she did and you know what her like physical persona was in order for her to like become a become a star like they weren't going to let that happen unless she did what they wanted her to do and she said no um but we unfortunately we see this all too well with especially pop stars I mean look at the whole Dr. Luke Kesha thing they were like yeah sending emails back and forth about the fact that she drank a fucking diet coke and then they'd freak out because she was going to like gain weight and it was going to change her her appearance that's insane like these yep. are artists music like seldom do male artists have to deal with this shit so i liked that she wrote this song because um it's tale as old as time mm-hmm. you're a female artist you're a model that can you know that's talented that's really how they're treating it and that's not fair yep yeah, that, um, did you watch the video on YouTube that Vanessa Carlton put out about a thousand miles or were you just reading the article? 
I watched half of it today where her mom is talking. Yes. Okay. Yep. I watched some of that. Um, and I got a little far into it, but I don't think I hit the, the part where she was talking about, um, the whole thing, but I know that one of the team members, she was set, she was talking on when she had to go face yeah. Jimmy Ivy to yes. tell, you know, she just like, that would end anyone's career to tell the label manager, label head that, that she's not going to work, work with. Person. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So badass. Um, yeah, that, yeah, that video is so cool. I, I, I watched that recently too. And both of us are big Vanessa Carlton fans and yep. just so much respect for her. And you would never know how incredibly talented she is really, unless you watch that video. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Like she's um, also a real deal. Like, yeah, they were trying to, it's funny. Like they were trying to make her into an industry plant. And I, yeah, I wonder if Chrissy has, and I'm sure she has, especially because she's young. That's an easy target. She probably faced the same things. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I mean, that goes back to, I, I was watching um, a video of her talking about this song and she was saying, you know, she wrote it because she realized like she would step off the tour bus and there would be paparazzi there and they would want to take pictures of her and she would realize, oh, I'm not wearing makeup. Like you can't do that. And just the pressure of that and just like what it does to your head, it's really fucked up. Yeah. And just having to always be on and always be dolled up and always just be this perfect version of what the world wants you to be really messes with you and it makes you realize it misplaces what your worth is it's sad and so this is such a great anthem for for women who who listen to pop punk and are in this in this world um feeling like they have to constantly be perfect um i just yeah it was i'm not mad about about the song at all being on this album, even though it is a little bit of a standout. I think that uh, kudos to her for for writing it and being like, I'm a female fronted, I'm in a female fronted pop punk band. And here's what I have to say about society's uh, influence over women and their looks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just so like, it's powerful and it is a fuck you, but it's also so wholesome because you have the whole, she like repeats many times, you just got to be who you are. That's all you can be. And like, isn't that the truth? Mm-hmm. Like in the line, if love is blind, why do we got to be pretty all the time? Mm-hmm. Like, hello, yes. <laughs> Duh. Mm-hmm. But I love that this song is something that you can share with all ages. And like, this is a song that I will absolutely share with the young woman in my future. Mm-hmm. What do you think about it being titled as an acronym? I think it's kind of funny because like it maybe tricks someone who wouldn't normally listen to a song called Pretty All the Time into listening Mm -hmm. to the song, giving it a chance. I like it. It makes me, you know, it it makes me think of um, a Michael Jackson song, PYT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty Young Thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, no, I like it. I think it's, I think it's fine. I think sometimes that can be annoying for some people, but I don't think it's annoying here. Um, I think it fits the overall purpose of the song. Yeah. I could see like a young, like a group of young girls kind of like pulling a modern day, like riot girl revival and like making like PATT jackets and like, Oh, I love that. It's kind of funny how 
it can, I don't know, maybe, you know, when we are like of parental age, more so of parental age, like we'll see this song have a revival. Like maybe like I'll give it to your kid and then your kid will take to school and um, I'll inadvertently cause a revolt. Like, I love that. That's great. Oh um. my God. That has to happen. <laughs> I need to write that down somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. So what else did you have on your list? Um, so for me, I had Come Alive and Sweet Surrender. Okay. That was, I had P-A-T-T, Almost Forgot, which we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the way, which we talked about, my gem. And then the last two. So um, for Come Alive, just like, this is a really good one too. A really, really good one. Um, just lyrically still a slave to my emotions there's a war inside my mind but I'm the only one who fights like Mm -hmm. it's such a great sequence of lyrics because it really is just it's exhausting to like constantly be the one fighting yourself and keeping yourself happy or like okay and no one else is in there to do it for you and no one knows like what's going on inside your head 24 7 it's just so I mean, that's mental health right there. Like that's, that's literally what it is. And it's just the feeling of being numb and then coming back to life. Like that's what she's talking about. And that's hard. That's really hard to do. Um, but I just thought like the way that she's singing, like come alive, come alive. It's almost like she's like, um, luring herself oh okay out of that numbness the way that she's saying it like she's just like really just like almost dragging her her sadness or her yeah just her numbness like out of her yeah really like willing herself to like come back that's good but I thought it was just a really strong song, especially like second to last on the album. Yeah. Yep. Great lines in it. I gave my body to the riptide is the very first line. Great. Um, and then I loved like, yeah, I'm tired, but I got to fight. Um, mm-hmm. It reminded me of the rocket summers. I need a break, but I'd rather have a breakthrough. Mm. You oh don't my often God. get songs like this where you're like, I'm so down and out but I gotta go like I gotta keep going I don't know in this in this directive away mm-hmm. so I'm immediately like I I was like looking at the line yeah I'm tired but I gotta fight and I was like oh I've heard this before in a different way but yep it's so funny just as we break down every album that we've been talking about so far how I think maybe I've said this already, but this is just another moment of realization for me. Like, I think oftentimes we just like separate ourselves so much from one another. That makes me so sad because there's so much common ground between each individual person and what they experience in life and how, what hardships feel like and what loss feel like, feels like and what heartbreak feels like. And just growing and learning and all of these things. And it's just so absolutely incredible how you're able to just draw a line 
between every single album we've talked about Mm -hmm. and just put together the pieces of how every single person who's written these lines has been through something so similar and that really like is why music is just so important because it's what brings people together like because everybody's just had these common experiences and when you stand in a crowd and you listen to this song and you feel the vibrations of the people next to you because they know what that song means because you know what that song means because the person who wrote it knows what that song means because everybody's had this common experience and like how incredible is that that like just music in general is what gives you the opportunity to understand what you all have in common which is just the hardships of of life and growing yeah I mean if you're ever feeling alone it's like just turn to some music mm-hmm. you know yeah it's it's magic yes it is I didn't mean to go all philosophical there but <laughs> but it is it's like that's the point and I love that. And I, you know, I hope that's kind of what she hoped people would get out of that. And I think it is like based on kind of what she said about it and the lyrics. It's, I mean, that probably was not an easy song to write. Right. But God damn it. When you write and you put that out into the world and then like everyone shakes their head and it's like, oh, yep, 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 yep. Like I've been there. Then you're like, you know, it's not so scary anymore because it's not just you because it never is. Nope. No, it isn't. And then Sweet Surrender is, I, you know, this is clearly, very clearly, like, her and maybe a new relationship and not necessarily relying on this person to, like, pick her back up again, but just having somebody to make her realize that she can pick herself back up again and that she is worthy um which I think is really healthy that's that's a healthy way to look at it and that's what I felt that's what I got from this from this song um someone didn't necessarily like save you you saved yourself but because this person made you realize that you were capable of doing that yeah yep like they were there for you to Mm -hmm. help you along but um yeah, it's not, it's definitely not like, and you're the reason I'm still alive kind of garbage. Mm-hmm, right, exactly. It's just like, no, that's ridiculous. There's a line, um, the only thing he ever did was help me destroy myself. Yeah. Oof. Ugh. Yep. God. Yeah. I mean, it's a gorgeous song about a very dark set of feelings. Mm-hmm. I also thought it was cool because there's a line that says, um, I take off my armor when you love me harder, which yeah. in personal, she's talking about putting on her armor. Mm-hmm. And here she's talking about taking it off, which yeah. is like there's release of vulnerability into the world, which is really scary. But the more that you trust somebody, the more you're able to remove that hard exterior um and open you don't yourself have to up. fight anymore yeah exactly yeah. yeah you can open yourself up yeah makes a difference 
Yep. And the song ends with her saying, like, I'm all right. It's all right now. Which isn't, yeah. which it doesn't feel like she's saying, like, happily it, it, ever after. Exactly. <laughs> That's why I yeah. was saying in the beginning, it doesn't feel like um, it's a bow. It feels like it's yeah. loose ends. Yeah. Which is perfect. I think that's the perfect yeah. way to kind of be like a con, you know, it, it's just a wrap up of these past two years have been really tough, but I'm, you know, I'm all right now. It's, it's going to be okay. Like I'm, I've, I've gotten through this. It's not yeah. like, it's not like, okay, like everything's sunshine and rainbows and like, I'm in this new relationship and it's wonderful and not right. everything, nothing can touch me and everything's going to be fine. And some people do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like some people really do that in real life. And then you just watch it explode because yes. when you put so much stock into something like that and put that pressure onto it. Doesn't work that way. Specifically the language she uses, I'm all right. Mm-hmm. That's like Perfect. Because mm-hmm. it's not like, and I'm healed. Yes. I'm all right. Like you got, you got your head above water. Mm-hmm. So I want to throw it back to friendly reminder for just a, a quick reference. Mm-hmm. Uh, great song. It's all about trying to make yourself feel better when you're down. I kind of like that. It's like a self-soothing song and you're just like being nice. You're being extra nice to yourself. Yeah, uh, like she's like tying. She, she says something about like tying a flower in her shoelaces or something. Like it's, it's just like you do all these like super little things for you. Whatever makes you feel better, though. Um, but she references wasteland directly as the line says, "I woke up in a wasteland. I retraced my steps to get back home." Yeah. Um, and I thought that was so clever. Mm-hmm. So I loved that it snuck itself in like that. Yeah, it's great when when artists are able to do that. I love when people do that. The main, the main is doing Mm -hmm. that. That's what it reminded me of. I was like, oh, geez, it's a reference. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I just think that's really witty when people do that. Yeah. I'm really glad that you pointed that out. Yeah, I mean, I because I just, I really loved Wasteland when, I think it's In Our Bones as that first album came out. And I was really thrilled when this album came out and was like it's because of wasteland like oh yes this is great um so i i love that she definitely she like referenced it but she referenced it well and it didn't feel like a like a title drop it wasn't like oh there it is mm-hmm. it was like oh wait because i've never caught it before i looked at the lyrics and i've been listening to this album since 2018 yeah. i was like oh shit she means that wasteland <laughs> <laughs> that specific one um but to tie it back to another artist we've talked about, I think that it's there's just points in this record and I'm sure thought process that it's like, this wasn't easy to be a woman in music. Mm. So, um, you know, just to to reference ourselves when we talked about Haim, um, here's here's another woman in music just doing it and, and being loud about not wanting to be a woman in music, mm-hmm. whatever that means. Yes. Oh, but wanting so to be true. true to her female experience. Yes. And he is. So it really all ties together. Yeah. I mean, experience is universal. So mm-hmm. I love that you made that connection there. That's awesome. So mad. I, <laughs> I wish it wasn't like this. Like, it makes me sad to think about, like, how much shit she's probably gone through. Yeah. Because when I see her, that makes my heart excited because I'm like, there's someone with my experiences. 
mm-hmm. you know, and it's yeah. like, but it is hard to, to have those people survive the music industry. Yeah. I was going to say, you have to have really thick, tough skin in order to stand up and make music and do what you really believe in and be genuine and get through like all the shit that people probably throw at you and say, say to you and make you feel about yourself. And we didn't talk about the song, but voices on that album specifically, I think is that right. The things that you look at yourself in the mirror and say that aren't actually true. It's just, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just what you project because (laughs) of your life experiences. And I'm sure heavily is influenced by what unfortunately she sees in 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 the industry as a woman well sometimes it's direct and she kind of talked about that a little bit with the internet being a little too entitled sometimes Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. it is it's stupid it's like you know you post uh, someone of you know someone female of influence posts a video a picture of themselves or whatever and um you're always going to find a comment about their body oh you're always comment about like their looks like mm-hmm. it's but no one's going on to like follow boys pictures and being like mm, you guys are looking it a little doesn't happen yeah not how it's I feel the men. Guys, but it doesn't yeah no one's like <laughs> no one's going on to Charlie Puth and being like eating out and too many snacks lately but they would say it in a heartbeat to Gwen Stefani mm-hmm. doesn't even matter how iconic you get isn't that yeah. sad yeah I'm sure people are calling Stevie Nicks old yeah they can fuck off she looks great like she will always be a legend doesn't even matter she could be in the ground and I'd be like you're beautiful well and that's the point that sucks it's like you're never gonna see like a and a so unconventionally unattractive woman well sometimes you you do and those people just get way way worse treatment and they can be a fantastic musician and you know what your talent doesn't depend on your looks and what you Mm -hmm. look like and but man like try to exist outside of conventional attractiveness and like you are going to get it well look at Lizzo I mean like she right you know as a full-figured like plus-size woman like you get both she gets both sides because she gets the sides of like body positivity and like thank god we have a woman a black woman who's Mm -hmm. out here making music and is like representing the the black community for women, but also representing the body positive, like, you know, overweight community of people who are like just starving for anybody to be like no actually we're beautiful you know right but then she never even asked for that and that she never asked for that absolutely that was just thrown onto her and that was bullshit and then you get the right and that and then the other side of that is the problem where she goes on instagram and she talks about like how she's done a juice cleanse or Mm -hmm. whatever and she's working out and then body positive people are giving her shit for wanting to lose weight. And that's not right. fucking fair either. She and didn't come out and say, hey, I'm here to represent this community. She came yeah. out and said, I'm a musician and this is what I do. She didn't, she didn't say like, 
this is what I represent. No. You made it that you made it what she represents because you, it would just, okay. Yes. You, you saw a part of yourself in her and it, and it inspired you or influenced you, like whatever it may be. That's amazing. She's giving to a community without even realizing it, but to hold her to a standard or have an expectation of her is totally unfair. While they're still singing along to Truth Hurts. Right. Like, (laughs) you know she makes good music and that's the heart of it. Like you're mad at her for, for eating some fruit and you're still listening to her music. So stop holding her. Just listen to the music. Fucking get over yourself. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, strong, strong people to, mm-hmm. to be in that situation. I, um, I don't know how they do it, but we don't treat them nice. They do it for the music. I know. I know. <laughs> That's the amazing part. They do but it. I just wish that the listeners could realize that too. Yeah. Like, we're here for the music. We're not here to count how many pomegranate seeds Lizzo is eating today. Right. Right. So flip over to our other women who have gotten probably plenty of um, (laughs) flack themselves for being women and being LGBTQ. Um, What was on your list for this album? So first thing, I was a fool. Mm -hmm. We talked about Closer. Goodbye, Goodbye is also a good one. But I was a fool. It's just another painful heartbreak song. I mean, I was a fool for love. It's almost this like really honest way to admit your embarrassment. Yeah. Over how much you gave, how much effort was put into this almost doomed relationship. Yeah. Um, And calling yourself a fool is just like humility at its best. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't are humiliated. I don't see it as a pity party though. Like it could, it could almost sound that way, but I don't, I see it as like, you are blaming a little bit of this failure on yourself. Like, yeah. Yeah. I was a fool. Yeah. You're claiming responsibility. So, you know, it's as if you know that you'll, you'll always give it your all because you, that's who you are. Right. Like, yeah, you you really, you, you want love. So you're going to be a fool for it. Yeah. But it's a great song. It's like an 80s ballad. Um, I really felt like this was like a true 80s ballad. Like Cindy mm-hmm. Lauper could sing it. Oh, yeah. Big time. Like this is, it's funny. It's just so not of its time. Mm-hmm. It's so it's 80s. It's so not. You're so right. It's This is ballad. Like what I think of when it I, is a ballad. When I hear the word ballad. Oh. And there's so throw your head back and you're just like, I was a fool for love. (laughs) And there's not many, no one writes songs like that anymore. No, because it is very like dated, but they did it well. And ballads are often very dramatic. You know who else could have sang the song? Meatloaf. (laughs) (laughs) And it still would have worked. My dad's rolling in his grave right now. (laughs) He knows I'm right. The king of ballads. And that's the that's the part where it's like, doesn't matter who you are, male, female, non-binary, like if you're a human with a heart, mm-hmm. this song is for you. Mm-hmm. You're a cat with a, with a heart and you're sad that 
you mommy know you were full you. <laughs> yeah mommy mommy put some pills in a little pill pocket treat and fool <laughs> you also great song for oh you like, you just fooled <laughs> how dare you i thought this was chicken it's true so I, so I don't know, funny. but yeah, I kind of want to see the meatloaf remix of this now. Hell yeah. So goodbye, goodbye. I think it's just called goodbye, but um, I love this song. <laughs> I wrote, it's a certified bop. I also wrote down the line, you never really knew me, never really saw me. It's like, it's just such a, this one gets you singing along and vibing for sure. Mm-hmm. I think it's where the story starts to kind of unfold. Yeah. I mean, but it's the first goodbye. Yeah, and I mean, like, there's this clear heartache and, like, the spelling out of those complicated emotions here. Yeah. So, and it's very well written. It's very striking. Like, yeah. I wrote down the same lyrics. You never really knew me. You never really loved me. But it's, it's like, so fun. Like, the yeah. way they sing those lyrics, it's so fun that it, you sing along and then you realize, like, after the fourth time, you're like, oh, my God, this song is sad. It sucks. <laughs> it sucks to say sucks. yeah really powerful and complicated feelings to write about yeah this is one that I remember like picking out when I first took this album for a spin years ago I like really liked this one mm-hmm. and I still do yeah it is a good it is a good one yeah they turned it they somehow turned it into a synthy pop song they like it really is just this like, really shitty situation wrapped in like a nice holographic bow yeah like so true so funny yeah a lot of artists do that yeah it's how you get people to listen to it and not mm-hmm. be like wildly depressed yes for sure which is sometimes you know it's sometimes there's a time and a place yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like therapeutic to also like sing out loud and dance around while you're saying like you never really knew me never really saw me like it yes. makes you feel better yeah it does. if i'm dancing it's fine yeah, it's a healthy expression, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I also had, we have to talk about I'm Not Your Hero, because this is a really interesting ah, yes. song. Very interesting song. So I really liked this one. Um, I kind of felt like it was an after the trauma song, like you're picking up the pieces and you're kind of like learning some things about yourself. There was the lines, I'm not I'm not the hero, but that doesn't mean I, that I wasn't brave. That was so, so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved the line. Sometimes it feels like the side I'm on plays the toughest hand, holds the longest stand. Um, and it's like, it's so frustrating when you feel like you're just like, everyone is, else is not getting as many punches as I'm getting, like, and I'm still getting through it. And, but like, when is this going to turn around? Like, mm-hmm. like this sucks. Like I'm on the wrong team. Like I was dealt the wrong cards, like F. Yeah. Um, so I thought it was an interesting song for this album, though. I didn't hate that it was here, but it's, yeah, it's not like romantic, a, like it's not like a romantic relationship adjacent. It's yeah. more so just like yourself and maybe being upset where you are in the world and just like what's getting dealt, what's getting cosmically dealt to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. This was definitely a standout song, which could yeah. definitely be like an after the breakup song. Like this is just one, add one more thing on top of right. all the other things I'm yeah. dealing with or feeling. But I also, I felt like, you know, the feelings that I was getting from the song were definitely like isolation and just like loneliness and yes. emotional, yeah, and emotional confusion. And so 
I found a really interesting quote, actually. So I was Googling this song because I wanted to understand what it was about it that felt very standout to me. So I found a quote from Tegan and Sarah about the song. So I want to read it to you. I'm not your hero is much more about feeling alienated and lost and lonely amongst your peers. There have been times where Sarah and I have felt very alone, not only because we're so political and so outspoken, but also because we can fit into a lot of different places. Specifically, we've been embraced and accepted in a lot of mainstream ways. And sometimes I think that makes us feel alienated from our gay community or the indie rock community. So I think it's a really powerful song about feeling alienated amongst your people. Oh, like you can't fit in anywhere. Quite right. There's no box for you. Yeah. So what a great summary. Like, and I can really understand and respect their vulnerability here. You know, and sometimes the only, the only really great way to express that, you know, with such a myriad of emotions is through songwriting or writing in general. So, so I thought that was so cool. And I mean, that's, you know, if you are feeling lonely after a breakup and you're just hanging out with your friends and you're feeling like, I don't even know where I fit in, where do I belong? Like, So I thought that it was so cool that there was just this underlying feeling and truth. You never know really how much is lying below the surface. So I just was like finding this quote and really understanding what they were trying to convey here. I thought was so interesting and it's just a really complicated spot to be in. Well, they're gay pop icons. How hard can their life be? It's, I feel like a lot of people look at them like that with, um, a little promotion for them on here with the high school book recently greenlit for TV. Um, I think people will learn so much more about them mm-hmm. than what is just like overall assumed. On yes. Them. Yes. Yes. And one thing I didn't, I, you know, I wasn't sure if I wanted to talk about the book, but I feel like I have to for a okay. second. So their book high school, honestly, I don't know how to describe how it was life-changing because it didn't really, I didn't relate to any of it on a personal level. Yeah. But I read it at a time quarantine had just started. Literally, we shut down work. We had, we were at home. We hadn't really figured out what working from home looked like yet. And I had so much free time. So I was like, I'm reading this fucking book. It was the perfect time for me to have sat down and read it and to just have really like delved into the world and life of these two women that I seriously admire that have been a part of my adolescence since I was 14 years old and grew up with me. But to read their life experiences and what shaped them to become musicians and who they are today and to read about their their love like young love and discovering who they were as women in the gay community in Canada and just the complications that come along with that and oh man it was just you got to read the book I highly highly suggest it it was just amazing 
and I don't know shit about having siblings because I'm an only child, but the other really amazing dynamic of the book was just how intricate their friendship and love is as twins and how they really rely on each other. And man, just so beautiful and cool to see how they shaped each other and instilled confidence in one another. And we're able to just become the people who wrote this killer fucking album was just so fucking cool. And after reading that book and listening to this album, it's so interesting. And the only way that you'll really understand is by reading the book. It's so interesting because I feel like some of these songs were written about these past like high school flings with with these girls that was like a secret but you like oh it's just so like intertwined um that when I was just writing out stuff about each of these songs I was like oh man I wonder if it's about this person or or not so I highly recommend reading it because I think read the book then listen to the album. And then they recently just put out um, an album called, Hey, I'm Just Like You. Mm-hmm. And this album is a ton of songs. They're like demos from Tegan and Sarah. Oh. <laughs> it's like songs they wrote when they were kids. That's like, awesome. Like 17 year olds, like, writing these songs and the songs that they recorded were songs they talked about in the book. That's cool. So super fucking cool. I didn't like love this album, but I loved what it meant to them because it was, you know, re-recording songs they wrote when they were kids and really reminiscing and thinking about those experiences and how they shaped them into people. And so fucking cool. That's it. Love that. That's crazy. I'll definitely put it on my list. I'm now I'm interested. I love that this kind of played into it and the way that you were like analyzing these songs and like matching them to situations in the book. That's wild. Yeah. That's cool. I can't wait to see what this TV show situation ends up being. (laughs) I can't wait. Yeah. It'll be good, but like it'll be certainly very interesting and interesting for media like that to come from artists like them I'm so proud of them for that like yeah oh definitely like your life and your experiences are going to shape and influence other people yep other people big time big time yeah that is so impactful and they're gonna reach people that they never would have reached with just their music and that is the cool part mm-hmm it's great it'll be cool Okay, so um, Hero was definitely a weighty, weighty song, which I agree. Great, strong song. Mm-hmm. I go wild. This is wild. the strongest song on the album. You think like, this is the strongest song? I think this is the strongest song because wow. I think I think it's the strongest song because it's just so beautiful. Like I don't have. I don't have, I was telling Megan this literally the other day, I was just like going off about this song because I was listening to it. And I'm like, if I was somebody who understood 
how to make a song (laughs) and like certain things that people do that like rope you in to a song yeah 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 you'll never forget it after you hear it yeah exactly um I feel like they did that with the song just the construction like I don't I don't have the words to describe it but I just thought it was a perfect song oh wow I thought it was something that you would write an analysis on as a music theory, you know, major and be like, this is the example of a perfect song. Well, I'm sure (laughs) that someone could really sit down and break this down and be like, and this is why you love this song so much. And this is why it works. And this is like Mm -hmm. right here. That's it. Exactly. Like Like that scientific breakdown of it. Like when people talk about Christmas songs and why they like make you feel a certain way or whatever. Yeah. That's how I feel about this song. <laughs> this, is, this is your holiday song. <laughs> yes. Oh, I'm so happy for you. This is your summer holiday. That's so mm-hmm. funny. Yeah. And I thought, I mean, from a storytelling perspective, you know, we talked about how the similarities between past lives and heartthrob like there was just really great storytelling here and really great ways of putting you in a situation just through the writing and just the line the lines when I envision you I think of your sheets tangled up beneath me your body inching closer closer to the edge I got a hold of you then when I imagine you I think of that room and it drives me wild your face relaxed your voice a whisper in my ear and it drives me wild like that's poetry it is yeah oh great writing in the song such great writing but then you get these pullbacks that are like you know you get this nice kind of verse and then they're like you put the brakes on us Mm -hmm. but it's like all the stuff but all of the stuff but and it is this other person is like hesitating um, and they, they just like musically do it well. They lyrically, like they write that in well. Like you do get that sense of hesitation. Yes, that's a good way to put it. It's like, here's all the great things that happened. And then you were like putting a stop to it. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Like it's abrupt. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they write that in well and you feel it like abrupt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really appreciated that about it. And then... We have, I feel like we have to talk about how come you don't want me. Relationships are a two-way street. Frustrating when it seems like they're in, but then they don't. Mm. It's like that. I thought everything was going well. And then, but why aren't they into it? What? Yeah. I think it, it's like, I don't have any other way to describe it other than just like really digging deep into the feeling of like, just how it feels for somebody to like walk away from you. Yeah. And I feel like this one and like, I was a fool almost kind of go hand in hand because like you're realizing and recognizing that like, yes, I probably was a fool for this love, but I put everything into it. Like, how come you don't want me now? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just like stripping away, like, to use the word any armor (laughs) and just like getting hit on the head with like powerful, relatable lyrics and emotions. And I was gonna say, you can be so into something and you can be ready to strip that armor off and you can think someone's ready to go, but then you could be really wrong. Mm -hmm. 
Like it doesn't matter how much you're willing to go. And that makes you go. How come you don't want me? Like I've done everything right. I, I thought I was reading the signs. Right. And I feel like, I mean, literally what they're saying here is like watching this person, um, walk down the street with someone else. Like, I'm not the one you want now. Like, I feel like this person is literally just like writing in their diary about like seeing this person just able to live, live their life without, without them. So carelessly. Yeah. Without even blinking an eye. And you're just like, why don't you want me now? Like, yeah, that's a hard one in life. Yeah. And then I had love, they say, so, um, fuck the Corinthians. Like, you know, love is true. Love is real. Love is honest. Um, this is, this is the real wedding vow shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, But it's very nineties, two thousands. It's almost got like a little six pence and on the richer to it. Oh man. Yeah. Cause it's got that slightly magical. It's like this generation's love is all you need. Mm-hmm. It's just like love, love, love. And this song is purely about love and about pure love. It's like a very sweet, nice song. And I am sure that people play this at their wedding. How could they not? Like, so true. But also fun. like, I don't know. I just feel like. Did this not come across as pure to you as it did to me? No, I felt like it was juvenile. Yeah, because I feel like that's simplicity. Yeah. But people love that shit for weddings. I know they do, but it's not true. I know, but they want to believe it is. Mm-hmm. That's what the song is. <laughs> you didn't like this song, did you? Did no, I d- it does annoy me. It does. Not not because I think it's um it's important to the story. Um mm-hmm. Because I think it's it's young love and it's like you think that love's gonna solve everything. You think that love's gonna make you feel invincible, you think that it's gonna make you feel worthy. And it's not the truth. Like, and that leads you into shock to your system. Yeah. Like I think this is like the love can just make you feel stronger. And that there's nothing that love can't do. Yeah. And yes, sure. Like (laughs) love does sometimes cure and like to quote the Beatles and not even to be like, you know, this way, but love is all you need. Sure. Right. But, um, (laughs) you know, sometimes that's the truth, but I just think that this is not forever. It's like a very juvenile way to look at it. It's dependability and it's, you know, so much more. Yep. And it's, it is compromise and it is like just so much more than this. And so, yes, it did annoy me because I'm in, (laughs) I'm like, you know, 10 years into a relationship. So So, and every day doesn't feel like this for you really. (laughs) Cause it doesn't for anyone. And that's, that's the lesson you learn as you grow up. Yeah. But I think it's important and pertinent to the album. And it is, it is a very sweet and lovely love song. Would you be less mad if you looked at it as a moment in time? Are you able to do that? <laughs> yes, I definitely am. Cause I have a hundred percent 
been there. Like that's, right. that's the beginning of anything. It's the youthfulness yeah. of, of finding the person, you know, and like yeah. knowing I, absolutely. I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't, um, not give credit to when you know, you know, or whatever, you know, it's like, but it's okay. Cause so many people will take that song and be like, this is our song forever. And then they'll get a nasty ass divorce because they don't know how to work through things. <laughs> yeah. So I get it. Yeah. Yep. I feel so, I sound so bitter, but I'm not. I promise I'm not, but I'm just no, like. I know where you're coming from. Yeah. <laughs> but it, 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 it yeah, it, it songs like love is all you need and. But it's like, it's fine for a moment in time, but it's not really like a... Um, it's not sustainable. Yeah, yeah. It's not a sustainable mantra for life. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yep. I want to approach the videos in a, in a different way than we usually do because not that the videos were similar, but I think the way they were made were similar. <laughs> so we have a handful of videos between the albums. Mm-hmm. Um, two are real videos and the rest are visualizers. Would you agree with me? Yes. And I thought that was very interesting. Um, I didn't like hate it, but I was like, "Mm." now that we have this term visualizer, why are we calling these music videos? Maybe not so much in 2013. There's, I lied. There's, mm, there's arguably two Tegan and Sarah videos, but there's really only one reel against the current video that I'll consider a video. The rest are visualizers. So the two real videos that I thought are the, the three um, against the current almost forgot. Mm-hmm. Great video. I think this video was done so well. It follows her looking back on her old memories throughout the city. Like she's with this person. Um, and then they show her like now mm-hmm. and she's changed and she's like going back to these places alone um, and where she's going back to these old memories there is like flora growing. Did you notice that? Yes. And I thought that was cool. Um, but she's uneasy. Yeah. Um, the whole time. And I think the whole time. And it's this weird, like you're growing, but like you're, it's like growing pains, right? Like you're uncomfortable. You're growing. You grow through what you go through. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you kind of like follow her around and she ends in this, beautiful old tunnel and they're projecting memories and she just like, can't get away from it and it's overwhelming and it's really beautiful though yes uh, and then they show her at the end and she's um it's, it's light outside and she's kind of like changed and different and the floor starts to die and I just saw that as like a passing of time mm-hmm. yeah it was a really beautiful video also that white mascara yes her so it's moths Huh? It's moths. Like the bug? Yes. She looks like a moth. That's what she looks like. She kind of did look like a moth. <laughs> and I like that about her. She's always doing something weird. And you can tell makeup is a passion. And I like huh? that. Yeah. But, you know, even though all of their videos were visualizers, except for this one, kudos to the styling team. Holy shit, they all looked so good. Like, mm-hmm. they looked, outfits were on point, you know, the looks were great. Yeah. Um, and they were simple too. There was nothing that like took away from what was happening externally. No. But you could tell her personality was in it. Like the white 
the white eyelashes were pretty crazy. Yeah. So I also kind of saw it as like her as a, a new creature on the other side of this. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Which in Wasteland, she's also wearing crazy eyelashes. She's That's like true. So I don't know if there's like a, a theme there that it turns like big, big trauma turns you into something almost supernatural. Mm. I hadn't even thought about that, but yeah, that's, I wonder if there was intent behind that. Yeah. Cause I when she's know. with the guy, she's not, she's pretty natural. Like she doesn't have yeah. anything funky going on, but when it's just her, it's almost like she stepped into her own at that point, even though she's like, so you can tell she's uncomfortable and she's unsure and she's like running from something. And mm-hmm. she even like that quick scene where she catches up to herself. Yes. And she tries to like warn herself or mm-hmm. tries to like get her attention and it, it just doesn't work. I thought that was really cool. Very eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. The way that I agree. Yep. It was done very well. I like that she visited like all these different places that were reminiscent of this relationship. And it was like yeah. painful. Like clearly it was painful. Yes. But but you had these beautiful plants growing like in these spaces and that was like the weird part was it was like these beautiful magical whimsical things were growing at like warp speed but she's so uncomfortable mm-hmm. but everything else was a visualizer guys like i i didn't hate it but you didn't get a story you didn't get a visual story with this album yeah i literally felt like with the fuss it was so funny because i the way that she's just like so lackadaisical in the video like really represented like kind of what the song is supposed to feel also she was at a wedding oh was that what that was i think it was was a wedding a venue but i think it was a wedding like just the way everybody was was dressed up i kind of felt like wedding-y yeah it was major like white marble gold chairs and like going back to how it kind of felt like she was at this like event just kind of going like oh my god like what is even the point like that's kind of what I felt like she was doing here in the video so I definitely felt like she was exuding that but yeah it was just like meh and then I voices was probably the one that I was most disappointed in yeah it was cool but it was a visualizer it was like yeah there was no story there was the mirrors I did like the static I thought that was kind of cool like the effects were neat and the the animated um like illustration yeah work was kind of cool but it wasn't there was no story yeah I think it could have been you know it would have been just it would have just made it made it so much better if it was dark and not light inside the house yeah yep like make it a little bit like creepier yeah make it a little bit demonic because they were in this old house yeah exactly like there's old wallpaper like you're using a mirror, make it a little bit. Yes. Like the rocket summer video where the dancer just. So true. Shatters everything. Literally it's called shatter. Shatter. Yeah. (laughs) The one where she shatters. Yes. She should have done that. Like there was no, they just like jaunted around the house. Mm -hmm. Even if it was a buildup to the end and you saw some like fight back. Mm -hmm. I that would have been I would have been happier with it if she broke a mirror well same with strangers again she's in this glass cage yes she's a caged animal and it would have been so good if she shatters the glass to show that she's like leaving this shitty 
relationship. Yeah. But instead she's still stuck in it at the end or like walking through it at the end. And I'm like, right. Yeah. Why not just like break through? I just felt like it didn't, could have been, could have been better. Okay. Like if she had broken the box and then like climbed out of the box and proceeded to walk out over the shards, good representation for the rest of this um, album, huh? Exactly. But they hit it out of the park with the almost forgot video. So at least we had one. For Tegan and Sarah, we had Closer and we had I Was a Fool, which could be a little bit of a visualizer, but at least that one had a little bit more of a story. Um, And that one had Mae Whitman in it. And I was like, Mae Whitman, I love her. It was cool to see her show up in this. Yep, it was Um, cool. But between her, Tegan, and Sarah, the three of them just played like overdramatic 80s ballad. And I thought it worked for this. There was a reason. Like you see Tegan and Sarah like, sitting at a piano and singing and they're facing two different directions. And that's so like eighties. Mm-hmm. And then Mae Whitman's just like crying mm-hmm. and just like slumped over on the floor and she's burning pictures and she's on the balcony and she's slamming records. Yeah. <laughs> that record throw at the end. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yep. Very dramatic. So bad now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want to destroy any records, but I want to throw one off a balcony. So bad. <laughs> I know. <laughs> But yeah. it was this glossy classic mansion that kind of mixed, like, uh, uh, matched the vibe of this glossy ballad for me. Mm-hmm. So, yep, it was good. It was very, very well done. Oh, Simple you know what well. else I thought was cool was that on the phone mm-hmm. that she had, a, and the name Sydney came up. Sydney. And what I thought was cool about that was that it was a very like gender neutral non-binary name I thought about that too I didn't know who Sydney was and I was you don't know yeah yeah it could be anybody different stories like Mm -hmm. what was this relationship who was Sydney yeah yeah I thought the video closer was just like so brilliantly done yes yeah it was oh my god my favorite part of the whole video is when Sarah singing, here come the dreams of you and me. And Tegan's just holding the microphone out to her while she's singing it. And they're just like, I love the karaoke so vibe. Like, oh, the karaoke was, vibe is so good. It was a perfect way to place them in the video and like expect them to perform mm-hmm. without just having them be a house band. Like I thought that was the fun part. Mm-hmm. Was it was like, oh, this really isn't out of the norm. And then meanwhile, you have this massive house party going on around you, except there's like a different thing going on in every room of the house and like outside. And it's like yeah. funny because there's like people partying in the laundry room and people like in bedrooms and people in the living room and like a massive like pillow fort and people out on the trampoline. Um, and then like, they're just kind of in the main living room with their karaoke and people are in and out. Like there's mm-hmm. movement throughout the night, which is funny. Yeah. Yeah. It was beautifully done. And I love that it was like dark sort of like, I don't even know what you would call that but there was just this like sort of filtery film to it yeah which just made it more vintage like 80s looking and I thought that was really cool instead of making it very sharp imagery you know like all the house lights were off and they were just like using other lights as lights was Mm -hmm. clever too yeah yeah a little more intrigue and then you've got the colors there too that Yes, all those you know, balloons. Yeah, just like the colors that are on the album cover. Mm-hmm. It's the same same colors. So Without it being like stupid obvious. Yeah. Of just like, we're trying to jam this 
aesthetic in. It was it was clever. But then it was like goodbye was a visualizer. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I that's what I thought was odd. They only did videos for the first three songs. Yeah, it is interesting. And then they stopped. I was like, oh, hmm, interesting course. I liked goodbye. But it was a visual. It was just so you see all the lyrics being typed out, wrote out, emailed out by all different people in the video, mm-hmm. um, which was really clever lyric video. Mm-hmm. But that's what it was to me. I thought it was relatable, though. Like, I mean, it was. You show these different people, like different circumstances, all writing these lyrics in different ways. Like, this is how people may say like their final yeah few words that they want to say to the person that broke up with them or whatever you know right texting on a skateboard writing a love letter yeah like you know what emailing each other that was hilarious Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like the they even did the like when you you're like oh man I don't want to press the button like I don't Mm -hmm. want to send they did the the like hesitation hesitation. finger pulled way up and they just hit send real quick and like I loved that and now it's done yeah yeah oh (laughs) Yep. But I don't hate it. It just, yeah, there was no like big story. So I just saw it a little bit more like a lyric video or a visual. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I would have loved to see something for Drove Me Wild. I think yeah. That could have been a wild one. That would have been um, good. That would have been a good something. live one. Yeah. That would have been a fun one. Like from the perspective of like people jumping up and down in the crowd and mm-hmm. shooting them on stage, I think that would have been fun. But solid, solid cycle. <sighs> I mean, they said this was their most commercial album. This was definitely, I think, the most successful album of their career. Mm-hmm. And this was such a huge cycle for them that Taylor Swift invited them out on the 2013. Um, what was she touring at that point? Wasn't 1989? Red. Was it Red? It might have been Red. I think it was. 12. It must have been. I don't know about but, you. But so they must have been. 22, yeah. Red. Yeah, yeah, yes. Okay, so that's huge. I mean, she was always big, but Red was when it started to get like a real big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and she says she's like a huge fan of them, and she definitely like acts like she is. Like that, I don't think that one was faked. Yeah, which I no. think she invites who she wants, so I don't think she ever really fakes it. But I think she was actually pretty ecstatic to have them. Yeah, she was ecstatic to have them because she's gay. <laughs> <laughs> to be proven. Come the fuck on. (laughs) That was a good one. No, that was a good one. That was a good one. Damn. It's always a good one. It is. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. (laughs) So, what do you have for me next? Oh, I'm really excited about this one. Um, I'm going to give you Strange Desire by Bleachers. Okay. All right. I know a little bit of it, but this I'm gonna is going to give you some, learn. some Jack Antonoff. Okay. So on the subject of Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Works <laughs> with Closely Jack Antonoff with Jack all Antonoff. the time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm excited. I I was a big fun fan. Not a big fun fan, but I was a fun fan. So Yeah. Who wasn't? I know. You can't just kid Nobby. They're fun. Ha ha ha. They're fun. <laughs> I hate myself. <laughs> My mom's laughing right now. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> what are you gonna give me? So I'm gonna give you Fear Caller by the Almost. Okay. Fear Caller? Yep. Like it's the newest one. 
and it was unfortunately very eaten by the pandemic, but we'll talk about oh, that. No. Okay. Feel fear collar, like collar. Yep. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yay. Um, yeah. I think that wraps us up for um, this episode. Thank you to anyone who's listened to this long. We had a blast and we hope you did too. We just mm-hmm. love to talk. And we do. They are damn good albums. Like they always are though. Thanks for listening to Let's Talk Records. Audio engineering is by Emily McLeod and graphics are by Jen Evans. Let's Talk Records is part of the Trainwreck Entertainment Network. Thanks for listening into this podcast. This show is part of the Trainwreck Entertainment Podcast Network. For more content, go check out trainwreck.com. You know, you might just find something else on there that you like.